It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. It is Monday, May the 4th. FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com is the email address. You can find all the old episodes on our website, flowtrack.org slash flowtrackpodcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack. Good morning, Gordon. Good morning. May the 4th be with you. See what I did there? Today is Star Wars Day. Great day in the world. However, I feel like it's not getting a lot of love because everyone's quarantined, so there's really no reason for people to get excited about like cartoons and comic books and all that stuff. So I think it's a muted Star Wars Day, but it's still Star Wars Day, May the Fourth. I'm look. We had a great Pi Day that kind of got screwed over by quarantine on on March 14th, 3.14. No one was talking about Pi Day. They're all talking about no. COVID. So all these theme and then. Uh, July 6th, that's the best day. July 6th. Do you know what July 6th is? Is that the 76ers day? No, that's July 6th Park. So it's Jurassic Park Day. Oh, I was going to mean seven, Sorry. the month seven, and then six, and you being a Sixers no, fan, no, no, I no. put that together no, in my July head. July 6th is, Ju- is, is July 6th Park. So Jurassic Park. So that's when you all talk about the great f- film franchise, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. <laughs> I did not know that was there's a like thing. This, you, there, there's like this comedy sketch YouTube group that came up with it. They did a bunch of bits around it. It's very funny. I enjoy it. Shout out to them. I forget their their name. Uh, but Google July sixth park, and you will you'll stumble upon their YouTube videos. So go for it. But May it the was, fourth be with you is today. Yeah, and I think people well people would celebrate it. People would celebrate this by like binging on the Star Wars movies, but I'm guessing everybody's already binged on them because they've probably binged on every other film franchise out there because we're we're getting down to a couple months here. Uh, Saturday unofficially was the return – or wait, Sunday, yesterday was the uh, unofficial return of track and field day. That's what it was. It was Ultimate Garden Clash Day. That's, that's what I celebrated this weekend. I don't know about you. Yeah, so the Ultimate Garden Clash that was – so for those who don't know, what what – what is the ultimate garden clash? <laughs> well, hopefully it's a one-time thing. And I say that not because it wasn't fun, but because it was born out of necessity. Three pole vaulters, Mondo Duplantis, Sam Kendricks, and Renaud Lavillani, each vaulted in their backyards. They tried to clear five meters as many times as they could in 30 minutes. And we were able to see it via video that they had set up in their backyard uh, they had really short runways, right? And they ha- didn't have the ability to set this, the standards that high, right? Because you don't have that many people at your house to do it. So they couldn't do things really where they were knocking over the bar a lot and they couldn't really go to very high heights. So the three of them agreed to compete against one another and they did it on on Sunday morning. And I watched it. I think a lot of other people watched it. I'm not entirely sure how many people watched it, but you got to see some elite athletes do what they do best. It was it was entertaining for a bit, and it ended in controversy. So that was that was fun. I did listen to your podcast because I'm a big fan of the Kevin Lincoln uh, dynamic duo on Friday on a run, 
and uh Lincoln was shitting on the idea the entire time. He said this is the stupidest thing ever. It's like what but he he says it's as stupid as watching Timothy Chariot run four or five as many as times as possible. And I'm like, that would be the coolest thing ever to watch. I'm not yeah, gonna lie. Exactly. To see how yeah. many times he can like push himself to like a, a somewhat fast time. Uh but anyway, he was shitting on the idea the entire time. Like he was like, I'm not gonna mm-hmm. watch it. No, I might watch the recap. And was like dunking on you for being excited about a track event. The entire yeah. podcast, Lincoln is being a dick. And then look and behold, <laughs> Sunday morning, I, I, op- I open up Flow Track, and the headline is, the ultimate garden clash was fun, quirky, and converse- controversial. And I was like, oh, Kevin probably wrote this. No, it was Lincoln Strike, the biggest hypocrite, <laughs> who was shitting on an event and then live tweeting it with multiple screenshots. <laughs> Lincoln, what the hell? You, uh, if you're going to pick a side on hating the event, you got to stick with it. You can't flip-flop 20 minutes into the event anyway was it was it was it fun quirky and controversial like lincoln flip-flopped and became excited about i think those are three accurate words to describe it i know you didn't like the horse competition that much we talked about that when the nba put on a horse competition because the quality of it was low i think this relative to its sport was better because yeah, vaulting as many times as you can in 30 minutes and only vaulting five meters isn't seeing these guys at their best, but you're still getting to see them do it. It's not like a basketball competition where they're doing weird like shots that you never – like. there's some fun in just watching Mondo clear a bar, right? Even if he's doing it at a lower height than we know he can do and even if he's doing it in this rapid-fire succession, like that part of it is still fun. And then there was a tie. There was a tie. And there was uh, a lot of controversy, like there is in everything with track and field, about how to resolve the tie. And it ended in one person quitting and no one really knowing what happened next. And that was the very epitome of track and field. So I liked it. It warmed the cockles of my heart to know even in obscure backyard events, we can still do the track thing out there, which is massive confusion and kind of uh, an unsatisfying ending. When I was listening to the best version of the podcast, which is the Kevin Lincoln version on Friday, when you guys were talking about the garden class, you, you said it would have been cooler if they did it kind of like a horse competition, but like trick, trick vaults, right? Where you're doing on yeah. a skateboard or you're doing a backflip or grabbing a beer midair and drinking it, whatever, doing some crazy things like that. And I wouldn't want that to be like, hey, I do a backflip now. You have to do it. They should just treat it like a slam dunk competition where, like you said, oh, okay. you do a trick. And then you have a yeah. panel of judges and you can get like a bunch of like pole vaulters and famous people. And they do a, like a, you get, try to get a, have 50 judges zoom call. You can do like a hundred people in a zoom call. You have five judges, <laughs> boom, one, zero out of 10. And it'll be cool yeah. to like, see that. I mean, again, it's hard because it's not good camera angles, right? Cause you only have one laptop camera from far away, but I think you just yeah. have to put the, the camera by the pit. Right. So like mm-hmm. it has like just a good view of that. And I think that would be cool because it would literally be like a slam dunk competition. You're going high up and you're doing an acrobatic movement. Instead of yeah. doing an acrobatic yeah. movement and putting a ball in a hoop, you're doing an acrobatic movement and putting your body over a bar. It's the same thing. So yeah, that's what they should do next. They should turn it into a slam dunk competition. It was all so Kendricks was out of it early on. He was sitting down in between in between reps. Uh, he had a beautiful backyard though. He was going way over the bar, but was just not doing keeping up with the frequency of Mondo and Renault. They had a so they go for 15 minutes, and then they had a five minute break, and they interviewed him during the five minute break, and then they did the second half, so the second 15 minutes, 
And it was hard to tell the score because they were keeping score like on a piece of paper on site, but then also they had the score graphics on the bottom and those were lagging a little bit. But it ended up tied 36-36, which is you know more than one vault a minute. Granted, they had that break in there, but that's pretty crazy if you think about how aerobic that had to be. Renault is just gassed. And I'm giving out spoilers here, folks. So if you haven't watched all of the <laughs> Ultimate Garden Clash seasons pause. one and two, yeah, pause, pause the uh, pod, watch it, and come back. Um, and so it ended in a tie. Renault was gassed, and then they were trying to figure out what the resolution would be. And at first, they said, "Well, how many misses have you had?" And they both said they had one miss. So okay. Then they mentioned, "Well, who?" finished their 36th vault first and renault did mondo got upset and was like no you can't change the rules that it was the most in 30 minutes he and he said i think he said that's bush league like mondo was fired up mondo wanted to win it was pretty awesome so then they say okay we'll put three minutes on we'll give you a break and then you'll have three minutes so then they're interviewing sam kendricks while they're giving them the break and then they go back and then they ask Renault again, hey, you, you want to do this? And he's like, no, I don't. I'm done. I'm out. And then they're like, okay, so should it be a tie? Meanwhile, Mondo grabbed his pole, ran up, vaulted one more time, and put a 37 on his sheet and held it up to the camera that he should be the winner because he did 37. <laughs> but that's how it ended. That's how it ended. And I, I thought we wanted a resolution there. Maybe only put one minute on the clock maybe raise the bar up a little higher, like get it and just do like a sudden, you know, the, if they, if they make it, they win or something like that. Um, Cause I wanted a winner in this ultimate garden clash, Gordon, the first and hopefully the last ultimate garden clash. Uh, but they, they could have, maybe they should have, instead of using a bar to not have to put the bar back up, they could have just put like that rubber thing. And if you, if the rubber thing moves, it doesn't count, but I guess you can't keep oh, track yeah. if you actually touch the rubber thing. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Well, so they like Kendrick's never never missed. Each of the other guys missed once and they had to help like put it back themselves. It's not like they had a crew on site. So that definitely took some time took out time. of it. I mean the e yeah. yeah, the ease with which they did it was was impressive and I mean Renault looked like he got hit by a truck at the end of it. He looked like he had run like the NCAA cross country championships, like in Terre Haute, in the mud, like his face was just completely gassed. I mean, and I don't know how it's like, often they do that. It's like doing suicides for 30 minutes straight. It's not fun for those, for those who don't know suicides. Well, it's a basketball, a it's a basketball drill, right? But yeah. normally you do, you don't do suicides for 30 minutes or 15 minutes mm -hmm. and then 15 minutes, you know? So, and they're not like yeah. distance runners. So like when you, because you're not jogging down the home the stretch. You, you have to like no, Go. you have to sprint. Well, and then you have to like put all your body, like flex all mm -hmm. your muscles. And I don't know what pole vaulters do, but like it takes a lot out of you. I'm guessing. So they would get their pole and they would walk back, and the runway obviously a lot shorter because their houses aren't that big to accommodate like a full uh, size runway. But there was about 10 seconds left on the clock. Like, Renault could have got another one off. Like, he walked back, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Because I, I, at that point, it was still unclear what the score was. And I thought, oh, he's going to get another one. I'm not sure if he knew how much time. Because he had about 10 seconds. But he was just – he was completely out of energy at that point. So they would walk back, but then just go again. And they wouldn't really 
it really wouldn't take that much time back there. Now, Kendricks was sitting down a little bit and he was going at a slower pace, but Mondo and LaVillene were going pretty nonstop. So it was, yeah, it was interesting because it added an, an endurance component into a non-endurance event. You know, it had been like, okay, Lincoln's example was bad because like, well, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't the best example because the 1500 is already an endurance based event with chariot. It would have been more analogous to having like, uh, Christian Coleman or Shelly and Fraser price. See how many times they can run the hundred in a half hour under like how many times can Coleman run the hundred under 11 seconds in a half hour. Right. And you can just yeah. go whenever he wants. That's, that's, uh, I think a better comparison to what it is because, you're not when you think pole vault. Yeah, by the end of the competition, it gets tiring. But like, how many jumps is Mondo taking in a whole competition? How much break is he getting in between jumps? Completely different than what he was doing in his in his backyard. Yeah. Well, I, screenshots. Uh, they talked about it was on the bottom ticker of ESPN. I saw it, 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 it and it said ESPN. tied for first. It said tied for first. Yeah, I was like, wow. Like, clearly, it was for ESPN to like take some time and like have someone type up that ticker. They're really searching for sports. I mean, you know, ESPN <laughs> doesn't really put track and field up. If, like if this happened in the middle of like NBA playoffs, I highly doubt ESPN would have been like, Oh, by the way, there was this garden clash featuring these pole vaulters. So but. I just thought it was hilarious. They put a tide for first M Duplantis all reveal. Like someone took the time. They're like, all right guys, what sports are there out there today going on? They're like, all right, well, in Belarus, they're playing soccer, and in three different locations, they're pole vaulting. Okay, cool. Yeah, type that up and put it on during the. Uh, you saw that during the last dance, I'm assuming. Yeah, good, great episode. Mm. Great episodes once again. Last dance. Uh, I want to make this a last dance podcast, but we can't because Michael Jordan didn't play track. He played basketball, and we're a track podcast. Oh, what? It's true. Uh, I we there was another uh, track competition that went down. This was a personal track competition. My girlfriend Jojo and her friends had a virtual beer mile, and we did it outside <laughs> our apartment. We mapped out an alleyway, and then like it turned and went down the, a side street. So we made it like a little four hundred meter loop, and then we okay. got the zoom. We got the zoom call going, and there was like friends from like Louisiana, uh, New York City. So they they were the ones who were breaking rules, uh, and all over right. And one of the uh, one of the friends' dad was there, and they live in Louisiana, so he had a, a shotgun. So he was the timer. So he he fired the shotgun in the air <laughs> to like cue the, the 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 beer mile. And what uh one of my former college teammates, Elizabeth Lassiter, who's actually a top twenty beer miler all time, she competed at the world championships twice. Uh, she was mm -hmm. there, so she was running with with JoJo. I did not partake. I was filming. But she ran a 6.37 beer mile in the streets, road beer mile, which is pretty good. JoJo ran 9.50. JoJo did? No, oh, the, uh, the good beer mile ran 6.37. JoJo ran 9.50. I was going to say, I'm kind of worried about JoJo if she's running that fast <laughs> during a beer mile. Yeah. We need to talk. We need to have intervention. Uh, but uh, it was fun. It was uh, – but th this is the story behind it. So we're doing this event. We're having fun. But like, in the middle, like they're on like lap three or four, this couple – both wearing like major like masks, you know, like walking mm -hmm. down this alleyway gave the ultimate stern look at us for not social distancing. 
good enough. And uh, it was it was it was it was kind of funny. Anyway, that's my story. I mean, there was only four of it's us. Hard. It wasn't like a big. It was four of us drinking beers. It was fine. But anyway, well, you live and you live together too, right? Yes, so and it, two people who live together. Well, so really, it was only two two groups together. So it's not like it was spreading massively. But it's it hard was to discern people's. Happened. It's hard to discern people's looks when they're wearing masks. I've noticed that too because sometimes I'm smiling underneath the mask, and I don't. People don't know that. Right. They could just be like judging it based on my eyes. And maybe my eyes are doing like weird, like things like this. Uh, and, and they're thinking, wow, that guy's being real judgy. And I'm like, no, no, I'm actually not. Like, I want to be able to have like a button where I can adjust my expression. People can see I am neutral. I am angry. Well, they make, I am just. They make clear masks, is what they need to make, see through masks. Okay. That's probably that's an easier way to do it. I like yeah. my idea with the button. <laughs> If if someone's shaking, if someone's shaking their their head, then you know it's a problem. Uh, okay, so I gave you the opportunity to talk about Last Dance, and you just you went right past it. You went right on to to Beer Miles in an alley. Well, I had Did to talk about another track about... event. I had to talk about another track okay. event. It was a good one. Is, a is there any running tie-in? Uh, is there any running tie-in to Last Dance? Yes, Last Dance. You watch it. You. you it was not the best mm -hmm. of the six so far, but. Uh, they Ooh, talked oh, about, I don't know, man. That Ku Coach stuff was good. The Ku Coach stuff that was good. That was good. The best line was when Charles Barkley called him Ku Coke. <laughs> I thought that was funny because <laughs> no one knew how to say his name right. Uh, yeah. But uh, there was a scene where they talked about um, Michael Jordan's process for deciding on what shoe to sign with and how mm, he didn't want to yeah. do Converse because he wanted to be stand out and be on his own, which I thought was interesting because Converse was by basically all the other athletes. He wanted to do mm -hmm. Adidas, but Adidas couldn't make a good shoe for him. And so Nike, he Whoops. did not want to go to Nike. Whoops. <laughs> I know, right? Whoops. <laughs> he, uh, he went to Nike, and he was like, Nike, says, Nike was just a small track shoe. Like, I was just like, mm. like, when you think of Nike, I mean, obviously Nike's foundation and origins is around running, right? Because that's what started, mm -hmm. right? But if you ask anyone right now in the year 2020, they probably don't think of running first when you think of Nike. When they think of Nike, they probably think of just major sports and like superstars and basketball because now it's a mm -hmm. billion, billion dollar brand. And track isn't a billion, billion dollar industry. It's not. So therefore, it's not going to be marquee. But I thought it was interesting that Jordan basically was like kind of like dunking on Nike being like, I don't want to do this. And it took his mom to be like, mm -hmm. no, you're going to hear him out. You're going to fly there. And he did not want to do it. And because his mom forced his son to do this, Nike went from just being a small track company to now a global empire, you know, like mm -hmm. what, yeah. for what it all is, which I think is kind of wild that it was a, a basketball player's mom that changed the course of Nike. Like who would have thought? Yeah, right. What I remember in that there's that scene in Without Limits, I think, and they had people who knew things about running consulting on that movie, so it wasn't just it wasn't an accident. Where they have a close up of everybody's shoes, and, and they like pan across the starting line, and it's all Adidas at that time, right? And that that's in the '70s. It's like Adidas, 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 and then obviously we know with Bill Bowerman, then Nike gets into that game. But yeah, they were. They were late. Like, they haven't been a player this whole time. Then there was the whole controversy, which we've seen in track, right, of covering up the covering up the logo because he's getting his gold medal. Reebok was the Olympic sponsor. He puts the 
American flag over the the Reebok logo, um, which I mean, two massive corporations like fighting over who gets a little bit of real estate on someone's jersey has never been that interesting to me at all. But I did like was it Marv Albert's commentary at the time was like uh, he's Michael Jordan walking out and he getting a flag, but not for patriotic reasons or something like that. Like he knew what was up. I do have a a controversial take on uh, the whole like because the whole sponsorship like and especially is a big controversial deal with with the Olympics and the Olympic trials. You know, Nick Simmons is trying to put tattoos on himself, and so he has to cover up the tattoos. You see a mm-hmm. lot of like these New Balance women put their shoes around their neck to make sure that the shoes are in the photos or in the in the. A lot of people do that now. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people, people do it now. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing when Wazell photoshopped out the Nike logo to be the individual logos of all the sponsors at the World Relays. There's just a lot of different like controversies around sponsorship, brands, and global championships, right? And yeah, everyone is the the correct side says, or like the 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 good side is all about being player. Of runner empowerment and being like, hey, these people need opportunities to the brands invest on them. They should be allowed to thank their brands and give the brands exposure. That's, I guess, the right thing to say, right? Because it's like, yeah, they're the Nike's not paying Emma Coburn New Balance is. So New Balance should get credit for Emma's victories, not Nike. And I get mm-hmm. it. And I do believe that is important. However, I think this whole controversy we are we're, we're self-creating the controversy and by that i mean why is it most important for emma coburn to talk about new balance at the olympic stage and at the global stage why is that most important it's because we designed a sport that said nothing else matters except the global stage and the olympic stage and i think we basically have decided as a group that our sport only matters at these highest levels. And therefore, we're saying that our sponsors only matter at that highest level. Because think about this. Do you like there's a lot of other sports out there? LeBron James doesn't look at competing at the Olympics as the highest level. He looks at competing in the NBA finals at the highest is the highest level in his sport. So his sponsor needs to make sure that he is well represented at the NBA finals. They don't need to make sure he's well represented at the Olympics because the Olympics is kind of like a, and I think basically I, I look at it like this. The, the well, but why do they care so much then? What do you why mean? does not, why did they care? So why did Jordan and Nike care so much in 92 at the Olympics? They had the They had the stage. Jordan he was, he was back to back shape. Yeah. But Jordan was the only one that cared. There's 12 guys on the team. They're not all. They're not all Reebok guys. Well, a lot of them. Well, but he was the title Nike guy, so he can't. He's yeah, basically but, saying, "I can't get photographed at this at this big global moment where a lot of people are tuning in all all across the world uh, in this Reebok suit." Even though I think where their their jerseys were champion, but I guess people yeah. didn't really care, care about, about that. the jerseys. Yeah. Well, what, what, what I'm trying to say is know. like, what are you trying to say, I Gordon? Think Jordan's more of a one-off. What I'm trying to say is. We are giving the IOC and the global level 
so too much power. And by power, I mean is we're saying we only matter in their world because we are going to complain. We And it's like, do you know how you can make that not matter? We need to create a, a sport that doesn't rely on a dictatorish IOC conglomerate to like control our importance. Like we need to, we need to make the Olympics not be the most important thing in our sport. The same way the Olympics is not the most important thing to a football player, a basketball player, a baseball player, a hockey player. It's not. The most important thing is their season and the, the, the actual what they do. But we decided that we can't create a world where our normal season is more important than the Olympic season. Like every other – how many sports – like, you know what I mean? Like what's more important to a cyclist, winning the Tour de France or winning the Olympic event? Winning the Tour de France mm -hmm. because that's more important. Like what's more important to Tiger Woods? Winning a PGA tour or the Masters or winning the Olympic event? Winning the P like mm -hmm. Olympic is just like and that's what we need to do. We need to create a track world where it's more important that they succeed at the Diamond League level, at these other events that we can create, these, you know, other pseudo invitationals and championships, and not make the Olympics. But like, but the Olympics are cool. Yeah, we should still have them, but we should be able to create a sport where the Olympics is icing and not the cake, you know? I feel like the IOC is like that girl that we fell in love with that doesn't love us back. And we careful, keep on complaining careful, that Gordon. she doesn't. Careful. And we keep on complaining that she doesn't love us. This is just like, hey, man, you just got to get, you yeah. got to realize the girl doesn't like you anymore. Move on. Right. And that's what the IOC is. Like, I think these athletes need to realize the the Olympic world, the the Olympic concept doesn't love you back. It doesn't love everyone that's not Nike. So you need to figure out ways to move on and make the most valuable thing about you not the Olympics. The most valuable thing about you should be your talent. And you know, that's what I. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say. You went from you went from revolutionary Gordon to forgetting Sarah Marshall Gordon there in the span of a minute and a half. That was impressive. Uh, I, I like the road that you traveled. But isn't a lot of this stuff just endemic anytime there's going to be national teams and world championships would be the same problem because one sponsor would yeah. get the contract to I'm like I said before I don't like this stuff is just yeah it's one it's one shoe company that makes a whole bunch of money and has a whole bunch of power versus other shoe companies that have I mean I'm not talking about the the very very small players of which there are some out there but Adidas is is making money right asics sponsors world athletics now like i just i have a hard time of all the things in the world getting too too opinionated or too upset about it i remember there was a basketball was it recently when they like they when they they when they stand up for the photo the u.s team like certain guys have their shoes blocked out because they're with a certain brand like they'll put the coach in front of them or something and they'll angle their body in a way so that way they're like not seen in certain yeah. pairs of shoes, like all this stuff. I like who, like, did anybody think Jordan was sponsored by Reebok? I just, I don't know. What's the tangible difference there? Oh my gosh. He's wearing a Reebok shirt. Like when I see, well, it, I don't it, know when I think about this, just, you get I, more, you get, it's, it's, a, I mean, it's a, it's more popular, like controversy breeds exposure. Right. So that's why it, it also helped with exposure. It's like a commercial rights itself. It's a free commercial. It's free press. But didn't yeah, but also didn't more people then find out about oh Reebok sponsoring these 
Olympic warmups because of it. I don't like, I don't know. Like I get it. There was a thing with Jordan and they haven't talked about it in the doc where they weren't allowed to wear the all black shoes and they banned them. And then he wore them anyway. And Nike agreed to pay the fine because it was just such great exposure. Cause they're like, wow, these shoes are being banned by the NBA. Like I get that when it's like the power structure versus the, the shoe that the guy wants to wear, but one brand versus another, um, it's, I don't know. It's hard for me to form a strong opinion about that. Do you, uh, I know May's today's May the fourth. We talked well, about it at the beginning. Do I you want to talk say, about you, Star Wars? Can you, can you? I will. But can you imagine a world where we are a track world where the most important thing isn't making a national team? The most important thing is winning your individual like championships. Like where we? No, I, no, I can't. But like that's how, how it is. In almost all that's that. But that's how it is in most sports. That's how it is in golf. Well, that's how it is in the well, that's, that's how it is in the marathon because you can have one. Well, I guess the Olympic marathon is still bigger. But like the World Championship marathon versus the London marathon, you you tell yeah you pull all the best marathoners in the world and say which would you rather win, London or the World Championships or Boston the World Championships? They're all going to say the major marathon. So yeah, it exists and in that, that. But in the context of an entire huge track meet, it's always going to be this one big show that's tied to nations that's i shouldn't say always that's how it is now look we just watched we're talking about this thing how in 1984 nike was this plucky upstart and converse was on top of the heap what's to say in 20 years is not going to be somebody else who's there yeah. right things change so I, uh it, I just it's think not like nike's going to be there to, forever in order for our sport to succeed uh we need to find a way to make not making it the the non uh, Team USA aspect of it more important than the Team USA aspect because that's how it is in tennis. Yeah. That's how it is in golf. That's how it is in basketball, baseball. That's how it is in all the, the sports that are succeeding. The sports that don't succeed are the sports that rely on nationalism as the primary source because with nationalism yeah. comes this like restrictive sponsorships and all this stuff and it takes away you you be, it takes away your name, right? You become Team USA and not Team Emma Coburn, right? Whereas, right. Yeah. 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 You know. Yeah. It says yeah, which LeBron is, James on his jersey, what, right? Right. That's what drives interest, but that also limits your exposure because then you're expendable. You're just the next person in that Team USA jersey, and then four years later, it's this person, and then it's it's more assembly line. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Okay, so we went back to we went back to Revolutionary Gordon there by the end of the segment. I was a little worried there when we got uh, Jason Siegel Gordon going on there. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, I, I introduced it too soon, but you wanted to talk. It's May the 4th. Now, Star Wars Day. You sent a thing from, what is this, 2015? Yeah. When uh, Star Wars casted with track stars. Do you want to update this now that it's 2020 with different people? Well, my first question we'd ask, do you, have you seen Star Wars? I have seen, obviously, the old three a long time ago. Uh I probably saw one of the next three that came out, like Phantom Menace or something, a really, really long time ago. Once I got Disney Plus, shout out to my kids, I <laughs> had the ambition of watching all of them, and I consulted with Star Wars experts, and I said, "What's the proper order to watch them in?" And I will. And he gave me the order, and the first one was Rogue One, and I watched it. I thought it was good. I couldn't tell you really anything about it anymore, but it was entertaining. It was fun. And then from there, they went into the the older ones, and I watched the first older one, and I was like, oh, okay, this is fine. And then now we're stuck 
for the last two months midway through the second older one. There's just a lot of lasers and stuff. And when you go from the old to the new to the old, the old looks really old. So Wait, I know the general beat. What, what do you mean you're stuck? We stopped it there because I probably fell asleep and we never restarted it. And this was like three months ago. So I basically I disappointed my friend. He went through all this time to come up with this order for me. And then I'm like 25% of the way through. So, so you were supposed to watch like he, 10, 10, 10 to 11, 12 movies and you only watch like well, two of them? He's, no. So I've watched two and a half. If you listen to what I said, I've two and a half. He <laughs> took out the, he took out the prequels cause he said they were so bad. He's like, don't watch the, like, I wouldn't recommend them. Right. So he's like, don't do any of those. The three, the, you know, which yeah, one I'm talking about? Is that yeah, episodes yeah, yeah, yeah. four, five and six? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. However many that is nine movies, eight movies, whatever. Yes, I'm a bad friend. I I can't commit to things. There was just a, it, it's a long. Some of those are long. Some of those are very yeah. very long. Maybe I'll do it, but but that shouldn't deter anybody else from being excited about this. And one of those people maybe is you. you so I want the, you to. You just have to wait till your kid's old enough to maybe enjoy it, and then you can watch it with him. I don't know. Yeah, just that's some of that stuff though. The old ones, it it didn't. It, the graphics Doesn't are just so well? different. Yeah. And like the – so obviously Harrison Ford, good actor, right? And you watch him now and you're like, oh, he's still a good actor. You watch um, Mark Hamill, solid. I felt like though the threshold to be the third or fourth best person in – like the, 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 the B-level people, the C-level people back in the day was a lot lower than it is now because I think now – to get in any sort of movie, you have to be pretty good. But some of the acting from like the the lower tier people, the very very minor people, is uh, is pretty bad there too. So that didn't age as well either. It's like I am going to protect the spaceship, and it's like, okay, are you just like the director's cousin or something? Like, how did you get this job? That's that's the other thing so that you, stood out to me. But so you're saying the the uh, evolution of the depth of acting talent from the past to the present is the same evolution yes. of the depth. Of like what it takes to make the four by four team, from you know the eighties, seventies to all the way to the two thousands. Because if you think about it, there's a yep. lot of guys who are forty five second runners on Texas A and M who are like their eighth best runner. And if you were forty five yep. second runner in the nineties, you're the number one. You're the, you're the anchor. Or a two oh seven marathoner back in the day, two oh nine marathoner. You were the bee's knees, and now you're just another person that is exactly right and i'm glad you got that track tie in there because that's exactly how i felt when i was watching i'm like look at all these 208 marathoners out here getting parts on star wars uh okay so la so in 2015 you guys had eric jenkins was luke skywalker bold yeah very bold. he was like the hot he was the hot young blonde guy at the time right you know <laughs> is he blonde i think he's blonde by hot yeah. young blonde you know what i, I mean like you want to try that like, again what he was he was winning races. He was young. He was in college. He was like I think this is coming off of when he won the three K and five K indoors. He was running. He was side by side with Cesarek. So he was like mm-hmm. he was he's in the know at the time. Uh, and Nick Simmons, we had his Han Solo, who was mm-hmm. you know that makes sense, right? The the marquee suave guy. And then we just put okay. Princess Diana was not Princess Diana. <laughs> Princess Leia. Princess Leia. Kara, princess Kara. Because, you know, we had just done a film on her. So we were like, oh, she's she's the princess. Uh, but yeah, okay. so Jenkins was Skywalker. 
Kara Goucher was Princess Leia, and Nick Simmons was Han Solo. It's 2020, though. We probably need to recast that. What do you think? Right? Yeah. So Skywalker, Princess Leia, and Han Solo all working together in some form or fashion. I mean, who do you so, who do you have here? I I think I would sub out Princess Kara with Princess maybe Colleen or Princess Shelby or Princess Emma. Okay. One of those okay. three. They can they can have a they can have a race. We can have them all race a five K so we can finally get Emma Coburn to run a five K because she's gonna run a five K. <laughs> So they can That's have the whole the point princess, of this podcast now. The Princess Leia 5K, where the winner becomes the, the new Princess Leia because Kara's retired. So that's what okay. we'll do with one, one of those three. Uh, Han Solo. Right now it's Nick Simmons. Nick is going to try to hold on to that with his YouTube career, right? Trying to keep the keep his name in the, in the limelight. But who is like the Han Solo? I mean, it's like the very like... Is it Bernardo the I mean, guy? is that like is that Craig Angles? No, Angles is way too much of a wild card. What was I don't know. You got you got to fill me in here. Han was... Solo shot first, didn't he? Wasn't that the whole thing? Okay, see, Han this Solo is where is my knowledge. The guy, but Han Solo is like he's like a he's like a I don't know the story behind it. People are listening who are big Star Wars fans are gonna, are probably screaming right now, throwing their phone against. They've the already wall. stopped. But he was like, yeah. he was he was like a he like stole things, right? He was like a a grifter right he would go and like okay. steal things he stole right and he was like uh he was a wild card he was like he had the, the millennium falcon he was like all over the place okay i think okay so i take it back i thought i was thinking more along the lines of veteran and that's why no, i thought no. a, a guy had been around so that's why i was thinking legat but maybe we can we can no. put legat uh somewhere else um okay so angles angles i mean so i think centro is kind of Central is kind of a wild card though too, and he's a little. Central, may, Central little maybe. I like Central. Central should be. It's between. We'll have the Han Solo, eight hundred. We'll Centro and Angles. We're running eight hundred. This is a great track meet. We're gonna do this quarantine style. We'll put it on Zoom. It's gonna be great. Uh, but we'll have Angles and Centro duke it out for the Han Solo of the twenty twenties. And then can I pick a non-distance person? Yeah, can I pick a yeah, non-distance yeah. or mid-distance person? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, how about Noah Lyles for Skywalker? Ooh. I do like that. That is good. See, no, no. Here's my thing, though. I was thinking that CP3O and R2D2 that would be Noah Lyles and Grant Holloway. You know that that dynamic duo. You know, because we didn't get to see them together in uh, in Florida. But I think they're both a very like fun like they're 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 the personality of the track world right now in Holloway and Lyles and I think they would be the comic relief because that's what CP3O and R2D2 do they're comic relief so I think they actually might be better to be the two robots. See, I I'd, I'd throw it. I'd obviously ben, remember the Ben Blankenship Grant Holloway interaction at USA's that was pretty classic and he said uh, Blankenship said he's helping him work it on his finish. Let's. I mean, if angles isn't being used, well, wait. We already as Han Solo. I mean, what if we just totally mash it up there and go uh, a distance sprint crossover or distance hurdle crossover and like Holloway angles C three PO and R two D two. That could I be like good, that. right? We're basically okay. creating a great I, casting pool 
and then we'll put the we'll put together the uh, the feature film in a in a Netflix series coming soon to a to a computer screen near you. So, I just th- I just, I think I like uh, I like uh, I like Lyles as as Skywalker just because he's coming he's coming into his own right he's coming into his own and um, he finally like in Doha everything everything came together for him. Um, harness his powers fully. I don't know a ton about Star Wars. I got to be honest. I'm really stretching here. All my all the words help me out. Lord in I don't know. Okay, I'll give you. We'll have Lyles as Skywalker. Um, I do think Grant Holloway should be one of the robots. Um, okay. So yeah. Okay. So who is Chewbacca? So Chewbacca is going to be. It's like the hairy man. Who's the one with lots of hair? I mean, be, at, in 2015, that's we their had distinguishing character. <laughs> The that's hairy a distinguishing man. characteristic. Uh, it's NAU, the entire NAU team. Yes, I think yeah, that's a good one. NAU, that'll be good. The entire NAU, but who who from the NAU team most? I mean, I think I mean can can we make it a composite character? I don't know. I, I like how Chewbacca's distinguishing feature is just that he's hairy. There's nothing about his personality or his motivations. It's just the, the hair. That's it. Maybe I mean this this is an athlete that most people aren't like. It's not like a. A household name yet uh he was part of the nau doc but theo quacks uh you know he has the personality that's very like entertaining and i mean he's he's from is he uh he's from new zealand i believe yeah he's from new zealand mm-hmm. so like he's like uh he has like a wild like perspective of like the american culture and he was the most entertaining athlete when we were filming that and he's got the long hair I think he'd be he'd be great for a Chewbacca role. Um, we're we're like this. We're casting him because he's going to be like the person and be like, "Wow, I can't believe they casted Theo Quacks in that movie." You know, because you know when you see like a super <laughs> wow actor, There's tons of shade on Theo Quacks. I think no, he was no, ready no. for this. No, put him up there with Lyles and everybody. It's not shade. It's complimented. You know, a lot of times every movie picks a f- a few roles to give it to like the newcomer. So therefore, okay. like down the line, when they become super famous, it's like, oh wow, that this is where they got their start. I think Theo, who's going to be a red shirt sophomore next year, by the time he's a, a senior, he will have joined the ranks of like the other great NAU guys. It just takes some time to get there. I mean, he ran thirteen fifty five. His dad, Dick Quax, is a world record holder, so like he has it in his blood. He has it in 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 the genes. So I want to go with okay. Theo. Quacks for Chewbacca. We're obligated to mention NAU every podcast too, so that we can check yes. that box and move on. You guys had back in 2015, you had Darth Vader as Rupp, which I'm guessing you're gonna probably just keep that. Does he is he the only one who kept his kept his role? This is a good Photoshop job, by the way, back in 2015 with Adam O with the mask on. It's pretty yeah. pretty well done there. Um, see, the thing I like it, it makes sense, right? But Rupp doesn't have like the like he's not like He's just—he's not like vocally trying to destroy people. Mm-hmm. He just goes out and runs, right? He doesn't have the yeah. personality of like trying to murder and like take over the world. Like he—you know—he's not in the public eye vocally. So I feel okay. like we might need to recast it. Who's like in the public eye vocally <laughs> that we could say in track? Always- I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, could you say yeah, someone like? Um, I don't know. There are I mean, like Salazar? track is pretty. 
Well, yeah, you guys had Salazar as the Jedi Master. Yeah, which is probably bad. Oh, Obi, Obi, you had Obi. Well, yeah, yeah, you had. Well, hold on. We had Obi Wan Kenobi yeah, had... as Salazar, which that should not be Salazar. Yeah, that yeah, should yeah, yeah. be that should be Mike Smith, and Yoda. Yoda should still be Mark Wetmore. So that's good. So Mike Smith is the Obi Wan Kenobi, and Yoda is Mark Wetmore. Would you agree with that? Uh, well, but but Obi Wan, but Mike Smith is uh, Rupp's coach now, so I don't think that would work. Well, yeah, but then is, didn't they have is Obi Wan uh, Kenobi consulting Darth Vader? Or are you moving? You're moving Rupp off Darth Vader. Yeah, we're moving Rupp you're, off. You're we're making Darth making, Vader okay. Salazar. Darth Vader okay. Salazar. Obi Wan Kenobi is Mike Smith, and Yoda is Mark Wetmore. Okay, so you're keeping those. You're keeping Wetmore there. Yeah, because Wetmore, he's okay. he's got he's the, you know, the All age right. and so the, I think why, we, the wisdom, you know. Okay. Do you want to run through these again now that we've we've got them all the way? Thing so here, uh, Luke Skywalker. No allows. Go. We're doing okay. no allows for Luke Skywalker. Princess Leia. Princess Leia deciding the princess Princess Leia five K between Emma Coburn, Shelby Houlihan, and uh, Colleen Quigley, and then Han Solo is Craig Angles. Craig Angles. Okay. Chewbacca. And Chewbacca. Is every NAU athlete composite in one form? So or, he's just a or 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 welcome to the big leagues, Theo Quacks. You get to you get to, to join league. the stars. Yes. Yeah. Welcome to the uh, big leagues. C three P. So wait, did you have you had Angles as Han Solo or Centro as Han Solo? Oh, Centro is Han Solo. Apologize. So that means Angles okay, and is um C3PO and R2D2 is Grant Holloway. Okay, very good. And then you had Obi-Wan Kenobi and Yoda. Who had that? Mike Smith. Mike Smith and Mark Wetmore. And then Salazar is Galen Rupp. I mean, Salazar is Darth (laughs) Vader. Excuse me. Okay. And then, yeah. Oh, who's who would you say is uh, Lando Calrissian? Remind me what he does again. Gordon, just just say for example, I didn't know who he was. Give me some well, traits. Again, if you're a big Star Wars fan, you should probably throw uh-huh. away your phone right now because you're gonna hate what uh, from a non from just a casual Star Wars watcher. Like, I, uh, he's like just another like, he's like a cool, a cool. He's like, he's like the same thing. Is he a as coach like a or an Han athlete? Solo. He's an athlete. He's like a veteran athlete. He's like a Bernard Lagat. That's okay. who he is. He's he's Bernard Lagat, or like so, yeah. a Des Linden. Yeah, Des Linden, and then okay. Bobo Fett. That's like the person who's like a killer, like a robot killer. Mm. So who's like a Ooh. killer? I mean, well, Safan Hassan killed like, a lot of people's dreams. <laughs> that's true. I mean, 15, 10, uh, 15 10k double. That's that's pretty potent. Uh, Donovan Brazier crushed people. Uh, Timothy yeah, Chariot crushed a lot of people. Um, I'm thinking of. I'm obviously thinking of on the track people who, yeah. who were out I, for were per- out for total destruction. I like all those those names. One name who I mean he is a killer sometimes, but he's definitely a killer in interviews. I'm gonna have to go with Fred Curley. 
Okay. You know, he 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 took okay. down he took down Michael Norman. I mean, yeah. he and Curly has like that killer mentality. I feel like so I might go Boba okay. Fett is Fred Curly. No such thing as a PR Boba Fett and Fred Curly. Um, I don't I don't even know like Boba like I if you told me that guy that person is a Star Wars character I would not even know who that is. So yeah, just because you only watch two point five of like thirty. So. And back in the day, I watched all three. I'm going to Google, but I'm going to see if I know what Boba Fett even looks like. He's uh, he's like in oh, a... Um, oh, you, you don't, don't even see his, see his face. face yeah. Oh, Mandalorian armor. There we go. Yeah, genetic clone of his father, bounty hunter Jango Fett. Boba learned combat and martial, uh, martial skills from a young age. Okay, well, who was really good at a, a young age? Or who had a prominent... Um, uh, a prominent father or mother in track. I don't know. I mean, Centro. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, but we can't I mean, put Centro's. Yeah. Yeah. Centro was originally cast as that too. As oh, he was? So you guys did a good job back in 2015. So yeah. He's good at young maybe age. Maybe we just made this worse. the father? Yeah. Maybe, maybe we, we are... We're, maybe we're, this is the remake that doesn't need to be a remake and everyone says, why do they remake it? Like the Fantastic Four and all that <laughs> stuff. So, uh, yeah, maybe we should stay away from this. Yeah. But uh, it's May right, 4th. Anything else? It it's is May, May 4th. 4th. It's quarantine. There's no sports. We're going to do a Star Wars-themed episode. We just have to. I mean, we we don't have much content. So when we do a daily podcast, uh, you got you to gotta do that. So, And it gives an opportunity for you to uh, create a cool Photoshop. So yeah, I'm looking forward to oh. that. Um, <laughs> we gotta do that. Dang it. Okay. <laughs> well, people have already seen it by now because they're listening to the episode. And if you didn't do one, they're gonna be really disappointed when it just is a generic photo of like Shelby Houlihan on one part of the screen and Grant Holloway on the other part. So sorry, man. You you, you did this to yourself. Uh, I'll, can I read one email before we go? Or do you want to save it for tomorrow? Save it for tomorrow. Or is it well, timely? I think is it you and is it you and Lincoln tomorrow, or is it me and? It's you and Lincoln. Yeah, I'll save for tomorrow. That's fine. It's yeah, not. It's it. not urgent. It's not Star Wars. We're probably going to get all sorts of Star Wars uh, hate mail. But look, I did not profess to be any 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 bit of an expert. I had ideas for this show. Okay, my two ideas, which Gordon did not like, which maybe we'll do on the fir- uh, future podcast, was uh, Instagram trivia, where I read a caption and Gordon tries to guess who it was. And I also had uh, runners as television shows, which I would do a lot better at than uh, runners as Star Wars characters. We still do those ideas. We do, have time. So, Do you want to see if you can guess one of these? Sure. Just do one for a preview, okay. and then we'll do a full episode on it later. Okay. I'll do – okay. Um, well, okay. This one is from March. This one's from March. Okay. I went back into the archives for a lot of these. Uh, okay. It features a photo of this athlete draped in the American flag. Caption is, and still reigning, R-E-I-G-N-I-N-G, hashtag Tokyo 2021. And still reigning, hashtag Tokyo 2021. Oh, Centro. Correct. See, you would have done that well here, and you didn't want to do it. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll hold it up for the one screen. For one one for one. One for one. Do you want one more? Are you still reigning, though, more. if it's been five years? I guess. Yeah, because it's Olympic. You're the reigning Olympic champion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, but I just feel like it. 
we should say the 2019 person is really the reigning champion. No, they're the reigning world champion. You're not the tra- look. You've established this early on in the podcast when you're revolutionary, Gordon. Oh, people care about the Olympics. This is a good one. This is a good one. You may not be okay. able to get this one, but we've mentioned we've mentioned this person's name on this show, and this is the reason why I wanted to start this because I thought this one was good. My current Sunday routine: colon hill sprints, takeout brunch, nap, Netflix, PM run, Instagram live at six thirty, margaritas and dinner. Happy day, smiley emoji. One more time. My current so Sunday routine. Hill sprints, takeout brunch, nap, Netflix, PM run, IG live at 6.30, margaritas, and dinner. Happy day. And then there's a bunch of hashtags, but it takes away the, the mystery of who it is. Emma Coburn? How'd you know? Am I right? Yes! <laughs> yeah. Hill sprints was confusing because I was like, "Hill sprints is that like a you know what are you doing?" I you, you're surprised. She did like, yeah, you the could have done why, well, really well in this game. Yeah, I mean, I just, I feel like she's done Instagram Live a couple of times. I don't follow her or anything, but I just feel like. And then Margaritas was like, "Okay, it's gonna be a female." Yeah. So then I was like, "Okay." Mm. Wait, I drink a so, yeah. margaritas. I'm not, you know, people drink know. margaritas from both genders, Gordon. <laughs> Jeez. Have you ever tweeted that you drink margaritas in a in a caption? No, you haven't. That's so just I don't I don't I don't tw- I don't post about necessarily about that. Anyway, I'm two for life. two. I'm gonna go out on top. I'm gonna retire. Hold on, as, uh, one more. You gotta person. go. Here, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh. Uh, what's up, world? No, just kidding. <laughs> what's up? World? I was just gonna pick the most. Gen- I was just gonna pick like the most generic one and be like, uh, "Hey, how can you not get the great run today?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> Paul Chalimo, this is not related to, to this, but someone find me a race before I lose my mind. Plants are growing in my favorite Nike spikes. Tr- struggle is real. And he put, he put a, he took a picture of his shoes and inside he put like some, uh, a, like, like a little bit of a tr- plant coming out of him. So, so it's like, uh, like in the movie, uh, Wally with the little shoe and the little thing. It's growing. Yeah. It's, yeah. he's got to, got to lace them up. All right. That's it. That was a wildly successful show. Uh, some say might even been as good as Gordon and Lincoln's uh, NAU all-time top seven show. Although we'll leave it to the <laughs> listeners to decide that one. Just Flow fast forward to the second at, half. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Flowtrack.org slash flowtrackpodcast. Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Thanks to Alon for producing. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.